Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And welcome back to another episode of Black and Yellow. Welcome back. Welcome black. Welcome, welcome black and welcome yellow. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> happy accidents. <laughs> this show is all about happy accidents, y'all. We don't do too much editing here. We like to give it to you guys raw and real. <laughs> yep. Bob Ross would be very, very happy about that happy yes, accident. He, he would. He would be. I think it's also worth mentioning, holy shit, we are halfway through this crazy year that is 2020. Right? It it, it feels like it should be still March. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah, totally. I, I might, it might be the only one that's kind of just like, it was like everything hit in March and then it was, it was like we got frozen in time and space and then we're still in that time and space because we barely left I don't mm-hmm. know our our homes, and if we have, it's it's you know maybe to the beach, but that's not like anywhere new and different. Um, some of us haven't seen our family and friends in a long time. I haven't seen oh you God. since March. I know yes. it's been. I mean, it really just feels like everything was put on pause. Yeah, and then twenty twenty just turned into like a massive shit pit dumpster fire like i like i don't know how else to (laughs) describe it um so so congratulations listeners who are listening who are in good health who are keeping positive and healthy like you're doing it we're doing it we're surviving hopefully thriving congratulations to you you made it you also survived fourth of july in quarantine Mm -hmm. which Mine was pretty rad, minus our president basically race baiting uh, at much race baiting in his Mount Rushmore speech. Um, oh, I did not. I, I did not oh. hear about that. I was pretty uh, not Girl. involved in the news. <laughs> Oof, that Mount Rushmore uh, event. It was a mess. It was such a mess. I don't even think we should like give it legs. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my own. I'll, I'll get up to speed on the current events. Don't worry. <laughs> oh my god, don't engage in like in like trauma a trauma listen because yeah, that speech is a traumatic listen. But oh gosh, other than that, the fourth was pretty rad in my neighborhood. How was your fourth? My fourth was super fun too. It was um, what did I do? <laughs> oh, I saw um I, yeah, right. I I saw actually I saw a friend um oh, nice. which I hadn't seen in a long long time and it was really nice to see her and her husband. Um we got tea. We took we got like coffee and tea to go and we like sat in the car and hung out. I mean, cuz nothing was open and they 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 were coming in from Arizona. So, oh. um so, you know, we thought maybe we could meet up and then we realized like this, what a weird world that we live in where we decide to like want to go somewhere, but we realized like, you know, everything was shut, um, yeah. like as far as dining and, and not necessarily like we didn't plan too well either. So, um, we just hung out in the car. It's like the new thing to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we, we, um, had some tea and coffee and some snacks and, um, we chatted away and then I went home and, um, as 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 a Asian household, we made um, homemade vegan dumplings from scratch. That um, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's not an Asian family if you don't sit around and fold dumplings. 
um, traditionally. Um, not specifically <sighs> just for July 4th, but in general. Um, oh, man. That sounds delicious. It was super delicious. My brother made the dough from scratch, and it was just like, once you have it homemade, once you have the dough made homemade, e- eating out, it's it's literally, it does feel like day and night. Um, wow. So yeah, we made like Shit. 250 dumplings from scratch and then we had a feast. Um, I think my dad barbecued um, some meat afterwards with more family that came over. Um, and then we hung out and then we went home and I didn't see any fireworks. I listened to some all around my neighborhood though. Uh, they were pretty loud. Um, oh. And then that was it. Did your friend come up from Arizona because the the Corona numbers were spiking, or were were, were they going to come up anyways to visit? They were going to come up anyway. I think her her and her husband are doing their residency in ah. Arizona, so they have the, a weekend off, maybe because of July Fourth. So they came back because her family's here, so they came to see her dad and her mom, um, and then I got to see sneak sneak see her for a second. <laughs> so it was I really love nice. that. Yeah, awesome. Huh. Well, mine did not include homemade dumplings. So you definitely fared better and ate better than I did on the 4th of July. We were very much a grill and chill and like hang out all day and just chat um, during the day. And then we posted up on our deck at night because once the sun went down, there were tons of fireworks oh i felt gosh. like i, I was inside your, a firework from your view from your house you're at you're so high up at, like at the top that must have been gorgeous it was it was gorgeous and it was super fun look my fiance and i we love noise and chaos and all of sure those do. things so like we are just into fireworks and at one point there were two houses within yards of each other that were fully engaged in like a rousing game of <laughs> dueling fireworks and it felt like car alarms going off was was the soundtrack that they were uh competing to and i won't lie i thoroughly enjoyed every second of it like one big set of fireworks would go off and then someone had a megaphone and would scream to the other house and like the other house would return fire it was i felt like i was in battleship but instead of being on water it was like we were in the sky and instead of shooting (laughs) guns it was fireworks and i was so into it until the next morning when i woke up and got dressed for my run and my phone notified me that the air quality was hazardous and i looked I know, outside and couldn't see shit i know man it's i have such a i have such a like conflicting feeling about that because y'all know i'm like supernaturalista you know yep. trying to like save the planet and save the animals over here um and i just yeah it's such a weird feeling because it's like it's such a beautiful thing you're celebrating and then I think I read this statistic somewhere like years ago that like after July 4th, there's like X amount of, you know, pollution that gets dumped mm-hmm. into the air. And it just feels so, I don't know. It's such a, a weird feeling for me because it's like a lot of joy and happiness met with like a little bit of like sadness, you know, at the same yeah. time. So I, I definitely feel the same way I was going to run. And then I was like, oh, I can still smell smoke in the air. I'm going to wait a little bit. Um, yeah. I- I have a friend who's an environmental consultant and she would a hundred percent agree with you that mm-hmm. fireworks are terrible, terrible, mm-hmm. terrible for the environment, but they're cool to look at. So it's one of those complicated right. relationships where you're like, ah, cool. Like, but ooh. it's tough too, because it's like tradition, you know? And when you have yeah. something that's 
part of a tradition and a celebration, <laughs> it's it gets a little bit, it can get a little intense in terms of whether or not people decide to stop or whether people try to fight it, um, you know, kind of like things that are like embedded in religion, like how do you, you know, it's a little tricky. So I'm just aware of that. And I don't, I don't pay too much mind to it because there's no point right at the, at the time. Um, but my mind does cross, cross over it every July 4th. Yeah, it's also the day that a lot of animals, specifically dogs, right. go missing because of the loud booms. And um, one thing that existed pre-corona that ex- I was really happy existed uh, this past year is my dodgeball league every single day after the 4th of July, all caravan in their cars and go look for dogs that have been reported missing or pets that have been reported missing. And they try and uh, at least capture sounds like such a harsh word but get them and return them to rightful owners and they work in conjunction with a couple of animal shelters on this side of town so that happened uh, on on july 5th and um that made me smile because i was like oh this is pre-corona and like yes if there's one species that i'm sure hates fourth of july and all the fireworks and all the loud booms it's animals it's scary it's unnerving like i yeah. Well, with all that said, guys, we have I a know. hairy, <laughs> a hairy episode in store for you. But before we get to that, Jay, should we put our money where our mouth is? We gotta put our money where our mouth is. Yay! 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 What you got? So, because we are ladies. And huh? on this show, we talk about ladies. Mm. Um, many things about ladies. Hey, ladies! (laughs) I'm talking about a lady thing. Uh, so I'm talking about bras. Oh yeah. Um, it's called Pepper. They are at we we they are at wearpepper.com. Um, what I love about Pepper is first of all, one of the there's two. It's owned by two ladies. One of them is Colombian, and the other one is Asian. Her name is Jacqueline. It's not not me. Um, And what I love about this company, um, I ran, I think they were like doing a bunch of ads on Instagram. And obviously they know, probably know that I'm a small chested Asian woman. Um, (laughs) So um, they are a bra company that is specifically designed bras for the small squad. Um, for the itty bitty titty community. Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> oh. Um. So what I love about them too, as well, is because um they also have this whole bit about how most bra industries think that if you're skinny, um, th- th- this misconception that you must have small boobs, um. You know, if you're larger, you know, mm-hmm. if you, you must have if you must have small boobs if you're skinny, and if you, you must have big boobs if you're larger. And the truth is that there are so many different shades and and, and shapes and sizes, and there's just just like there's no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the standard size usually is a 36C, and then they scale up or they scale down, um, and the design as well. So it's different because each 
boob is like each each pair of breasts is so unique you know um i had even I mean, each boob is unique i would yeah, say oh definitely absolutely they have their own personality like, yeah. you know all kinds of things. hang differently right so i'm i mean i'm sure i'm not the only woman that has had trouble finding proper bras that fit i mean every woman has probably gone through that um and so they set out to to create um the brand called Pepper, um, and um, they said, why do we pick the name Pepper? Well, small has often been associated with being timid, but the small squad is anything but. Pepper has a kick just like us. Um, yeah! It's, it's super cute. So online, you know, you can shop um, for their kinds of bras. They have a wireless bra, too, um, and I'm a big fan of, like, just like letting them be free. So I do love like a wire free bra. Um, They have a fit guide. Um, They have a size quid. So you can, um, you know, kind of figure out your, so you can figure out your exact fit. Um, And you can also order a couple um, options, have them send it to your house. Um, If you don't like the ones that fit, you can return it for free. So this is very accommodating to you. Um, And I think it's great that, you know, small boobs are getting the attention. Um, I think small boobs are often overlooked and not cared for in the sense of bra retailers, bra stores, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. I think this day and age, especially with everything being so virtual and online, that these types of niche specific um, essential um, you know, parts of our daily lives um, are actually getting the care and attention that we need. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited, and I I I haven't bought any of the bras yet because I just came across there um, about a couple weeks ago. So I've been doing some of my research, but other than that, yeah, if you guys are small chested, go check it out. Um, I am super excited for all the small chested women to finally have a bra that fits well um because that is essential it's like shoes can you imagine if your shoes didn't fit well like uh no yeah no way yeah shoes not fitting is one irritant but i think if you're going to be forced which let's be real our society forces women to wear bras uh all the time even though i'm a very big fan of going braless i would love to do a braless episode yes let's do it i'm braless right now Oh, yes. I mean, like, I love a beautiful, beautiful bra, just like the next woman. But sometimes it's like, I don't want to put my tits in a breast prison. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm all about letting I'm all about freeing the nipple. I really am. Um, But at the same time, we are in society where mm-hmm. we're still required to wear bras in certain occasions. If you're going to go for a job interview, if you're going to go, right. whatever it may be professionally, you know, unfortunately mm-hmm. we're not in a world yet where you can walk into an interview and just have your boobs um, be naturally Free. hanging out. Yeah. Like that's still not a thing, which maybe one day it will. Um, who knows? I'm just, you know, preaching for the stars here. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think that, um, a good bra is essential. <laughs> Absolutely. I like to say, uh, uh, fuck you, white colonial patriot, 
patriarchy for uh, convincing us that A, wearing bras is quote unquote uh, the decent way that a woman presents herself in society. And if you go braless, then there's something sort of primitive and weird and wrong with you. But shout out to Pepper for making bras for small chested women because I would imagine that when it comes to bras, the need to have a wider size, when I say wider, I guess I mean going back to the bigger cup sizes and and sort of negating the smaller cup sizes is the thing that most bra companies do. I guess I'm also sort of likening bra sizing and and bra sizing inclusion to makeup colors. Oh yeah. And the inclusion the there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how generally small chested women do get left behind because I do think it's one of those um big chested women to small chested women. Well, you have a small chest, you can get away with not wearing a bra. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So why I was just thinking that. Yeah, so why cater to the small-chested women when really it's us big-chested women that need the bras? And I, I listen, both need bras and both deserve beautiful bras that fit and are comfortable. And shout out to Pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really grateful that, um, that there are these companies that are popping up everywhere, especially owned by the CEOs and Asian American. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's even more, it, it speaks to my mind even more. So as soon as I get through a couple bras that I told myself I wasn't going to buy anything extra, um, trying to work on that minimalistic life. Um, <laughs> but as soon as I have like a couple bras that I'm still like working through, um, I know like one or two are on their way out. Um, but the next bra I get is definitely going to be from Pepper and, um, I'm really excited. So there you go. Well, Pepper actually really nicely dovetails into my business because similar to, you know, needing more size inclusion for bras, I chose a beauty brand. Uh, It's called Uoma Beauty, and it is the CEO and founder is uh, a woman by the name of Sharon Cluster. She is of Nigerian descent, and she is all about inclusion when it comes to beauty and skincare and foundations and lipsticks and eyeshadows and brow care and um i'm real into this beauty company i'm a new convert i must say Uh, she's on a mission yeah she's on a mission to make inclusive makeup a must and not a trend which already i stand Mm. i feel like i feel like fenty which is rihanna's uh makeup line Mm. gets a lot of credit for forging this path but Fenty isn't the only game in town I'm also not shading Fenty but (laughs) there's other beauty lines out there as well that are really killing it I um and Uoma is one of them Uh, I came across Uoma because I was looking to add a new shade of red lipstick to my rep um I love Ruby Woo by MAC and I love Cruella by NARS those are pretty much the two black girl red lipstick beauty go-tos but i wanted to add a new one and um, like most black girls who love to rock a red lip i wanted that classic sade red Mm -hmm. because she's a beauty icon and uh has rocked Mm -hmm. red for decades and so i literally googled sade red lipstick that's hilarious and and you almost sight popped up 
Wow. And they literally, they have a red lipstick. It's called Sade, which is a great red lipstick with a blue undertone. I ordered it. It has not yet arrived, but I have a feeling it's going to look great. I did that good old, like, Google the color and then Google how it looks on a bunch of different skin tones. And it, wow, I, that's I, smart. Yeah. And I feel like we, we're going to have a winner, winner chicken dinner. All right. That being said, you almost believe that beauty comes in every color because, duh, it does. Like, we <laughs> wouldn't be doing this show if it didn't. Right. Um, and they have a, a badass icon lipstick collection, which is literally lipsticks named after black badass icons, mm, which is where great. the Sade color came from. They've also got shades in, in that are named things like Angela, Coretta, Eartha, Shaka, oh, Nina, beautiful. Maya, Diana, like, ah, uh, it just... <laughs> You so had me at too. Sade. I know, I know right? right? I'm sure people would even buy it just for the sake to have a, to own a lipstick that is named after, you know, Maya Angelou or something. Like, yeah. Who, who would want that? Even yeah. I want that. <laughs> I don't know, how, I don't know how, how it'll look on my face, but I'm at home in quarantine and no one's going to see me. So it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe we should reach out to Yoma and be like, look, can you can you create like a, a good black and yellow shade, a shade oh. that's good for black girls and Asian girls? I like Holy that. shit. Hmm. Yeah. We might be on to something. We OK, we're going to like something here. Put that to the side for a minute as we continue with the episode. But I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have foundations ranging in in all complexions, uh, 51 complexion colors to be exact and essentially it ranges from everything from white pearl to honey honey to black pearl and so many more um again brows eyes they've got all the concealers all the things uh, on their website thank god i have i know shit about makeup because that site would have bankrupted me but uh (laughs) check out uomabeauty.com we'll also drop links to pepper and uoma in the show notes so that you guys can step up that bra game and step up your beauty game yeah even in quarantine like i think this is a great time to like walk around with your face done and your bra and your panties and eat some ice cream okay absolutely (laughs) now's a great time to play with some makeup and some bras okay so with that being said that was the highest point of the show because now we're getting into today's episode um you know which is it's gonna be a hairy scary mary of an episode let's be real so uh it goes without saying that it is officially summertime and normally if the world are functioning quote unquote Normally. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, This would be the time that myself and many other black women would take a break from their regularly scheduled salon appointments to embrace a more natural hair or protective style. Generally, black women tend to take a break from the saloning and the styling of it all because it's hot and no one wants to sit underneath a hot hairdresser or in close proximity to uh hot straightening tools like this like a flat iron for instance also chemical straighteners it's just such a process and again you're like sitting for Going long periods that, of time yeah yeah like it's just all it's yeah. and then you walk God. out and it's hot and you get in your car oh, and then it's cool yes. and then you go somewhere and it's hot and it's just like that constant hot cold and the hair and I, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine it must be it, it's a lot already without having that extra needing to do my hair situation but right. then having to deal with that even more which is 
which is just another layer that, that can be exhausting. Yeah. Like you can never just get comfortable, especially during the summertime, because it's all beaches and pools. And as you as you just talked about, going from hot to cold produces something called sweat. Right. And we know that moisture and black hair do Ooh, not mix. Not friends. So uh, it's a it's a real pain in the ass. Um, hair can be a real pain in the ass for certain black women. I am definitely in that category around this time because we're forced to deal with our texture. And mm-hmm. I feel like during the summertime, I think a lot about my hair texture. And I mm-hmm. also think a lot about something that's uh, known as texture-ism. Mm. So what is we're going to be talking about... So we're going to talk about texturism. So let me just like give you a little bit of a uh, backstory for me and my hair. Cause I have a feeling we're going to be talking about my hair a lot this episode. <laughs> so I will just be open with y'all from jump street. So nine months of the year th- that is pre Corona. Um, my hair is straightened and I go to a salon to achieve that look and real talk. I love going to the salon. It is my shit. I love my stylist, Irene. She's basically family. No one can get me together quite like Irene and also get my hair together as well. Uh, The black salon experience for a lot of black women is just so, so soul nourishing and fulfilling. And it's where growth and evolution. Yeah. Like it's such a part of our culture. And um, I'm also very much attached to my bangs. I've had bangs for like the better part of six years. I've been all bangs and eyes for quite a while. And in order to achieve that look, I have to go to a salon. And quite frankly, in the summertime, it's just too hot. Like it gets hot under those bangs and it's just not worth it. But it's also the time where I'm forced to reckon with the texture of my natural hair, which I have to a certain degree, but because I'm only really natural for three months of the year, I don't tend to um, really invest the time into figuring out how to style and deal with my natural texture. There's also a part of me that's like, my natural well why do i need to spend two hours twisting and and making my hair quote unquote look natural like i just wanted to i want to wash and go right right? like that's that's how natural is very often sold to black women it's like it's so easy wash and go no big deal and like it's not that easy and it's not that simple and uh, the media and social media make it very obvious that certain textures of hair are more preferred Um, preferred, exactly than others and uh, real talk in terms of like what my natural hair looks like it's like 65 45 frizz to curl just so that we're clear if you had to put for those of you who are hair experts out there which i know there's Ah. many i'm many listening right now um if you had to put it into the category of hair like like for a or b Mm. which i learned about which is super So, so I, I'm curious. So I'm definitely a four for sure. I'm definitely in the four category. And don't worry, like we're going to explain all of this. But I would say I'm a good somewhere between four B to four B plus. Okay. Um, but I'm between four B and four C. Okay. Um, just oh, my God. Just literally, as I said that, like the hair on my arms stood up because oh. In the black community, if you're four C, oh, if you're four C, it's um, it's sort of problematic, and you've been ridiculed. I'm sure before, right? Uh, and I, I like all those in in air quotes. I would say because I think there's also 
there's also so much to do with like history that I think yeah. affects even your perception of your own hair. Like absolutely, you have been told that having this kind of hair is bad. And so when yep. you internalize that as a young girl, when you see things and hear things and read things that are saying or showing you that 4C is not okay, then you can't help but then internalize that and live that way and feel embarrassed or, you know, ugly. Ashamed. Ash- yeah. yeah, ashamed. There is so much and it dates all the way back to <laughs> slavery, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, totally. So I, 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 yeah, I think it's, it's, it's important to understand um, where all of that stems from, you know, so you can yeah. have compassion. Absolutely. And like, let's be real. The question of what is good hair and what is bad hair oh. is still determined much by a, who, right? Exactly. Right. Absolutely. And it's still very much a dark cloud that looms over black women of all ages. Yeah, because if so, you're not if you're not black, it's a world you'll never unless you have a black child, right? Or possibly married to a black um partner. Yeah, you have a black partner and you have a, a biracial kid. Yeah, definitely. Right. You will never ever know it. And even then you won't fully know because it's still not yours. You know, like you yeah. can maybe experience like having to deal with your kid's hair but it is still not something that is on you that you look in the mirror and that I see. So there's no way I could possibly ever understand what what that feels like, you know? Yeah. It was interesting preparing for the show. Um, Blasians came up a lot for me, Uh, black Asians and, and, and where they fall on this spectrum, because I feel like in the black community, Obviously, like long, straight, silky, Eurocentric beauty standard when it comes to hair is very much the norm. But I feel like in Asian culture, straight black hair or or, or soft, silky textured hair is pretty normal, right? Like that's the that's yeah, the default I mean, texture. I would say we. I wouldn't say this across the board. I mean, if we're specifically speaking, eight like speaking just for Asians. I would definitely say that we are blessed. Like we somehow, I don't know, in our lineage, I don't know how, when, why, from the Mongolians to all the dynasties, we ended <laughs> up we ended up with this hair. And yeah. I mean, across, I'm sure even within the hair, the tex- texture of Asian hair, there are some that are more fine, more thick, you know, along the lines of that. But for the most part, we have been known to have beautiful hair, to have beautiful texture, to have that long, silky black. I mean, I've gotten so many compliments on my hair when it was like long bet. and silky. And growing up to me, like I, I actually never thought that that was something that was like, ooh, I have a beautiful hair. But like, I also never thought that it, my hair was like bad. Like I never, hair was never a big deal for me, you know? Yeah. And so we, yeah, I think the Asian community is super, Asians in general are very lucky to have, um, I guess if you wanted to put in those terms, good hair. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think because of that, we have to extend our awareness and understand that obviously people don't have hair like us. I've also seen you rock a couple of different hairstyles in the like five or seven years that I've known you. And there is something, your hair grows so fast that I've always been like incredibly envious of that. Because (sighs) if, if there's one thing that black hair doesn't do as quickly as other hair types, it doesn't grow as long. It doesn't grow as fast. 
Mm-hmm. Like I have seen you rock short styles and I have seen that grow back process, which I'm like, fuck, how come Jackie's hair doesn't seem to do that weird, funny? I mean, maybe to you, you feel like, oh, this is an awkward length, but like working alongside you for so long, there have been so many times where I'm like, damn, like for her, like it's hair and it just grows back. I've been conditioned to believe like, oh my God, don't cut your hair short. It will never grow back mm. or it will never be as pretty. Fascinating. So, so we're talking texturism today. Texturism. Um, this is new. This is like new to me. Like we've talked about this before. I've, I've watched the documentary by Chris Rock, um, oh, yeah. but I've never heard the term texturism before. So this is also not necessarily new, but like it's a, it's a, a more specific, like we're diving in even deeper to um, the yeah, the isms of specifically black hair, black people, African-Americans hair. So go on. Definitely. I just wanted to say that. Oh, no, you're totally good. And I'm glad you brought that up because texturism is essentially colorism in the hair community. Right. right? Which is crazy. Like, that's just. Yeah. Yeah, Texturism is like is like colorism's frizzy sister, if you will, or cousin or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And texturism fosters the idea that certain hair types of natural hair are more desirable Mm -hmm. and more preferred than others. So. I bring up texturism and colorism because texturism functions very similarly to colorism in, in that it stems from black on black racism. Mm -hmm. And however, whereas colorism is prejudice or discrimination, especially within a racial or ethnic group favoring lighter skin over darker skin. You've got that in Asian culture as well. Both of our cultures, cultures understand that texturism is when a particular texture of hair is preferred over another. And generally, the approval and the glorification of an individual's straight or loosely coiled natural hair texture over an individual's coarser, kinkier, tighter coiled hair texture. That's what we're that's that's what we're essentially um, pitting against each other. Mm. The long, straight, loosely coiled versus the tight, kinky. it's a problem in the black community and it's a a problem in the natural hair community as well. Right. To be real, we live in a world that prefers straight, perfect, bouncy ringlets and shiny curls and hair that's tame, but we do not like frizz. Mm -hmm. Frizz for a lot of people has been internalized as it looks messy. It's difficult. It's dry. It's rowdy. What are you doing? Loud. We have an issue with frizz here in this country mm-hmm. and the prevalence of this texture discrimination uh, demonstrates that the journey from going natural and having naturally textured hair has really been interrupted by Eurocentric beauty standards. Um, we know that women use issues in the media to shape their definitions of beauty and of, of what makes them feel beautiful and the presence of texturism in a lot of this imagery that we are seeing and that our younger black girls are seeing is used to represent what natural hair quote unquote should look like as opposed to what it can or does look like. Mm. And um, I'm going to give you an all too common example of texturism that is very often used in the black community and it involves children and I'm going to start this young because y'all in the black community, texturism oh. starts as young as four, five, and six years old. 
So let's take, for example, Northwest and Blue Ivy Carter, quite possibly two of the most famous children in the entire world. Why? Because Northwest is the daughter of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, and Blue Ivy Carter is the daughter of uh, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce. So Northwest uh, is biracial, and she has these loose curls. And back in Vogue of 2015, she was being promoted as a sort of natural hair icon for young girls. That is in stark opposition to Blue Ivy Carter, who has darker skin and tighter, kinkier curls. And so she was not viewed as uh, some sort of natural hair icon. And obviously, Black people were up in arms because we were like, what the fuck? Like, that's an unfair standard. Right. You've got a fully Black couple versus a half Black, half Armenian couple, but you're making natural hair seem like it's all one in the same when these two young girls are beautiful but have different hair textures and p.s it's really fucking shitty to pit two very young girls who just have hair growing out of their head and really at this point no control over how to style it or yeah, how to tame it five yeah exactly <laughs> but that is how young texturism starts in our community. Texturism does not care how old you are. It will come for the texture of yeah. your hair once it once it it being society feels like it's uh, appropriate to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm sure I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here when I, I tell you and everyone that not all natural hair is created equal. And black women's hair is just as unique as we are, just like we come in all different and beautiful shapes, color sizes and styles. So does our hair, our kinks, our coils, our, our ringlets, our curls, our texture. It's all beautiful, even though Eurocentric beauty standards and mass media would like for us to believe otherwise. Yeah. So. <laughs> said it. Said it all. Before we jump into the history, uh, let's talk about the hair chart that that was where I got the grade for my hair from that you mentioned top of show. So the hair chart, the hair type chart was created by Andre Walker, who either was or still is your girl Oprah's hairstylist. And this hair ch chart has effectively haunted a lot of black women for many, many years. Uh, the hair chart is the chart that would essentially tell us what type of hair we had and what type of curl we had. If you've ever heard black women label their hair the way I did, that labeling came from this hair chart. So the chart's intention was to allow black women to universally categorize their hair. Its intent was to help women determine uh, the type of hair they had so that they could best care for it um, in the ways that it needed to be cared for. So here's how the chart goes. It's broken down into four categories and it uses numbers and letters. So You've got numbers one and two, which generally are where white people fall. So one and two, A through C, one being straight hair, which is generally at the top of the list, the, the most white hair, the most Eurocentric. And then the twos are all sorts of wavy hair from like a gentle wave to a beach wave to a Sarah Jessica Parker wave or a Natasha Leone wave, which people would like to say, no, their hair is frizzy. No, 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 honey, it's not. It's wavy. Let's check that. Uh, three and four is generally where black women fall. So that's curly hair. Tighter. And right? tighter coils. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, 
if you are a 3B, for instance, that hair type mainly falls on women who are of mixed race. Uh, and the C can also have some mixed race in there as well. But when we get into the fours specifically, that's where most black women fall. So with A being a looser coil, but still a tighter curl overall, to C being just the tightest curl pattern Possible. that one can have. Right. Right. And if you utter the number four and the letter C to the wrong black girl back in the day, that was, you could have gotten your ass kicked. Really? That was such an insult that you didn't come after a black girl's hair like that. Those would be fighting words. And if you wanted to insult someone. Right. You would. Exactly. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, And it's totally worth mentioning that the language literally lays out what is good and bad hair, right? So if you're in category C, or if you're in two or three, one, two or three, your hair is soft and pretty and it's easy to manage and it looks more professional and it's easy to run your fingers through. But if you're in the four category, like most black women are, it's frizzy, it's difficult, it's dry, and it's worst of all, nappy, which Mm. is quite possibly the worst insult you can ever assign to a black woman and her hair. And look, it's bad enough that so many of us black women, for us, our hair confuses us. Like, I know it confuses white folks. It confuses us as well. Like, we are all up in here being confused together. It's learning about black hair is a process. It's a lot of work to keep managed and moisturized and easy to style. And we have to also make sure that renegade white people fingers are not being run through it without our permission. Right. And we spend a lot of fucking money on our hair and we do not need the extra criticism coming from not just within our community, but on the outside of our community as well. Yeah. That's a lot. <sighs> I'm already getting like, we have out of the history and i'm already getting like hot under the collar fumes coming out of your ears well it's just it's this our attitudes towards natural hair it's important to note have been passed down from our great great grandparents to our great grandparents to our grandparents to our parents down to us like our view of of certain hair textures and them not being pretty it's like a sickness yeah, I agree. That's that's, I, that's I, a sickness for sure. Yeah, I think it is. It, it is a sickness. It is something that's detrimental to the community within the community that that is also perpetuated by the community to yeah. each other, against each other. Um, you know, within families, within everything. And and I think what strikes me the most is like when we think of the word natural. To, mm-hmm. to me, to me, the definition is natural is just what is. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And oftentimes for your type of texture or the textures that we're speaking of, what is natural is not what other people think is natural. So for your hair to quote unquote look natural, you actually have to put in so much more work, so much more right. time, so much more energy, so much more dedication and commitment to figuring it out, to learning about your hair, which actually feels unnatural like the actual fact of it is that in and of itself it's so contradicting and conflicting because what people have deemed it to be is not what it is and even what you think it is is not what it is you know yeah like it's so tricky i had flashes back to our freedom episode actually 
about like what is freedom right. who's allowed to be free and how does you know what does freedom feel like and the reality is freedom looks and feels different for depending on what you look like right and 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 yeah and, and it's absolutely different for everyone and also it's the same thing for the word natural i'm so happy you brought that up because natural is not created equal mm-hmm. and And yes, the ability to just wash and go, we have to realize that that is not the just wash and go. It's so easy. That's not the case for everybody. That's a fucking blessing. Black women have wash days. Right. Yes. Full days of our lives that we devote to taking care of our hair. I know no other culture that has an entire day devoted to the upkeep of their hair. And when I, way back in the day, when I was incredibly ashamed of my hair texture and was telling white friends like, oh, I can't, it's wash day. The amazing sense of like shame that I felt having Mm. to explain what wash day was to only be met with, wait, I'm sorry. So like, all day you're washing your hair i don't understand can you just like explain that again i cannot tell you how just like oh poor little black girl i felt having to explain wash day to my white friends in college like that sense of shame thank god i'm an actress because i I can like play up on that sense of shame i know what that feels like I have this, I had a, sim, not, I didn't have a similar experience, but I had a really eye opening experience for me when I was in college. One of my roommates was black. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we had all put, we had put all our stuff in our restaurant, in the restroom that we um, were sharing. And I've never, I had never seen her brand of shampoo. And like ah. growing up, you know, you go to the CBS, you see like L'Oreal and Tresemme and Neutrogena, Neutrogena. Yeah. Like all these, you know, typical convent commercial type um, that I actually didn't wear much. I, you know, my mom always was like organic and all that stuff. Um, but, but that was like commercials, right? Like you were, mm-hmm. you were brainwashed to think like, oh, this is the shampoo that normal people wear and yeah as a young girl I'm like well we're all normal like we're all the same and so I went I remember I remember being in the restroom with her and I was like I was like hey I, I remember thinking like we've ne- I've never seen that that brand like where's that brand from and I remember her telling me like black people have to wear have to use black black hair shampoo and I remember just yep. being like like it kind of started clicking and like this door started opening and being like holy shit like I, in my world, because I had never experienced that, never been exposed to it, never had like, you know, a really close black best friend that I grew up with, wasn't surrounded by many black people in Arcadia, obviously. Um, I like there was just it was not part of my world. And so when she told me that I remember feeling like, oh, like, oh, shit, you know, like, was that rude? Should I have known this? And then also like, wow, there's so much that I don't know. Um, And that was really eye-opening. And that's not rude because our beauty industry would like for you to believe that all of those brands that you named are quote-unquote normal. I mean, the reality for most Black women is that that have white friends or or non-Black friends I can tell you the hair products that they use. I, yeah, I can tell course. you their cult products. Right, right. They can't tell me. F- mm, that's not true. They can't tell me five products that are not Miss Jessie's Curly Pudding. And I and I bring up Miss Jessie's Curly Pudding because 
I've had friends for five, seven, ten years who I rocked my natural hair around so much. And that curl activator, that curly pudding has such a distinct smell that permeates mm. a room that my friends know like, oh, that's the pudding. Alana's hair is natural. <laughs> but other than that, they can't tell me what products I use. Out of curiosity, your roommate was the shampoo that she used. Was it called Cream of Nature? No, it was like, um, okay. it was like, um, it had like a yellow and blue, like, like mate, like black. It was like, there was a horse on there. Mm. Uh, what is like it mane and tail. Yes. It was mane and tail. Thank you. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's one that de- a ton of black girls with thicker hair. I know yeah, definitely she, use. she had, oh yeah, there is. So I just pulled it up. Yeah. Mane and yep. tail. And there's two horses mm-hmm. on the front. I remember really specifically because I like had never seen a bottle look like that. It was like a big bottle. Um, yep. and it just kind of felt like, like someone like made it at home. Like the, like the way it was designed, like very, just like, like as if like her aunt owned a beauty store and then like she made that shampoo. Like there was very something very um like rustic about it. Like not yeah. commercial. Like you, you go inside a Walmart, you see like L'Oreal and everything's like shiny plastic bottle. Everything's printed on there. Everything, you know, it's like packaging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I remember uh-huh. seeing that and being like, whoa, what kind of shampoo is that? Um, And, and then that's when I, 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 I remember really, really like thinking, oh, they don't use the same products and it makes sense why and her hair was thick um and braided but it was thick um and i'm grateful that i was just able to kind of capture that moment and not really overlook it you know because um it's important i i think i think in this sense the privilege that i have been allowed because of my hair can can cause people to be more closed off unconsciously and not knowing that this is maybe something that we should be exposed to. And again, there's like so much that goes into it with like schooling and our systems and our parents. Right. But I do, that's why I think, you know, Chris Rock's documentary was great. Like I think the more exposure and the more we actually celebrate this stuff because we haven't celebrated, like, it's just like me being ashamed of my small eyes, you know? Mm, So like, mm. I think celebrating things that we have been taught to and conditioned since birth to be ashamed of is something and and normalizing this type, these types of conversations, you know, not making it seem like, Oh, well, why do we got to talk about this again? Or wow, everyone, everyone's Mm -hmm. a social justice warrior now. And wow, this, wow, that, but it's like, well, we're talking about it because it hasn't been talked about and it hasn't been shared or spoken about or celebrated. And that is problematic. It's interesting that you brought up the packaging of the bottle because I actually, what you said really struck me. I never thought about, let me start this again. I used cream of nature growing up and it had a very, the bottle was again, very much like you said, it had a very rustic look. It had a very sort of DIY Look yeah, like like nothing fancy. Like this is what it is. This yeah. is the shampoo you have to use. It's shampoo. It doesn't have to be like all fancy and like shiny and you know like it doesn't have to be. It's just it's shampoo. It's essential. <laughs> but but I also remember in college like taking my cream of nature to the showers and and having a, a bit of a sense of embarrassment because like all the other really? girls had well because all the other girls had just as you said slickly packaged 
shampoo and conditioners yeah, sexy colors right. sort of shiny and laminate and and, yeah. and and the bottles very much screamed your hair is going to be sexy after you wash with me right, and right. Like, you'll be hot you'll get all the men <laughs> i don't quite think i connected my sort of sh- the shame of a packaging of a bottle of shampoo mm. to how I feel about other hair care, other natural hair care products. Mm. I don't think I actually ever connected those two things. So actually, thank you a lot for that. Cause I think that's an important thing to remember too, is like, it's, it extends, you know, it's on the outside yeah. that counts too. And like people with natural hair want those sexy, slick looking products as well. And like, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it does extend to even the things that that we don't. It's it's what I'm trying to say here. It's crazy that even something like packaging and what something looks like, you know, mm-hmm. is an extension of our shame or an extension of our embarrassment, um, and that it's it's part of it all. You know. Yeah. So. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into the history i hope this lump in my throat goes down because oh. it's gonna make it a little hard to talk but i'm gonna fight through it okay so how did we get here so the birth of the hair hierarchy dates all the way back to slavery when the interbreeding that happened between slaves and masters occurred and it led to the preferences in skin and hair texture with quote-unquote good hair being straighter and softer and basically lacking any curl and bad hair being well the opposite um after the abolition of slavery in 1865 in an effort to gain the american dream african-americans specifically those who were working and interacting with whites on a, a frequent basis bought into european beauty standards and started to lighten and started to lighten their skin and straighten their hair so hair texture and skin tone were basically seen as access to the echelons mm. of black society in which light, lighter skin and straighter hair provided um, provided and, and allowed access to places like social organizations and churches and institutions of higher learning that were viewed as more prestigious. And in determining admission to these several groups, there were tests administered. Uh, two are really well-known and popular, one being the brown bag test, the other being the comb test. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, for the brown bag test, if a person, uh, if a brown bag was held up to a black person with a lighter skin tone, if that person were lighter than the brown paper bag, they were allowed entry. If they were darker, they were not. The comb test consisted of blacks being able to smoothly pass a comb through their hair I think if their hair was go ahead oh i'm just gonna add on i think there's also the pencil test that happened in yes. south africa with the during the apartheid exactly yeah. same concept as the comb we're like yeah. if your hair is too kinky where the comb doesn't go through or if it holds the pencil then you were denied access you're absolutely right that is ridiculous and so at the turn of the 20th century um a ton of companies began to take advantage mm. of of this information and um, aim to make black Americans fit in with the light skinned, straight haired beauty ideal that was popular. So initially, a lot of these companies were obviously white owned, I'm sure male owned as well. Some of those companies were Plug, Ozonized Oxmarrow, say that 10 times fast, <laughs> Black Skin Remover and Curl Eye Cure, a cure for curls 
Companies played into these racial dynamics uh, at the time in advertisements, basically asserting that straight hair and light skin was the only path to social upward mobility for blacks. Uh, Here's an example of some of that racist um, advertising, shall we? So in 1910, a printed advertisement for Plug read, read something like this. Race men and women may easily have straight, soft, long hair by simply applying Plug's hairdressing. And in a short time, all your kinky, snarly, ugly hair becomes soft, silky, and smooth. Oh, you're clutching your pearls now? What about this one from 1905 from an ad for Curl Eye Cure, which again is a cure for curls. Their ad read, quote, you owe it to yourself as well as to others who are interested in you to make yourself as attractive as possible. Attractiveness will contribute much to your success, both socially and commercially. Positively, nothing detracts so much from your appearance. Positively, nothing detracts so much from your appearance as short, matted, unattractive, curly hair, end quote. Oh, there's tons more that I found. We ain't got the time in this episode, but those are just two to try on. Um, It's also very important to know. Oh, shit. Just lost my way. Sorry. Sorry. Going back down my notes. Uh, So it's also worth noting that there was a book that came out in 2014. It's called Hair Story, Untangling the Roots of Black Hair in America. And it's by Ayanna Bird and Lori Tharps. And they trace the history of black hair. And they state that black hair can be considered a culture, one with its own language mm. and its own rituals Beautiful. that's been passed down from generation to generation and is constantly evolving. Yes. And so sure. in that evolution... um, you had the natural hair movement of the 60s, right? So black women have been straightening their hair to fit in in white culture. Now Here comes the 60s. Let it be loud and big. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Okay, sorry. I just had to do that. Um, uh, black women basically during this time did away with chemical straighteners and began taking pride in their afros. Ooh. And obviously, sadly, trends end and women went back to chemically straightening their hair, which... If you don't know what a chemical straighten is, it's uh, using a relaxer, which basically like breaks down the curl or breaks yeah. down the reduces the curl by breaking down the hair strand. I should da- say. Essentially also damaging. You're like you're going yes. the opposite of what your hair should be. So in a way you are damaging your hair using these chemicals, just like you would be if you're dying it or constantly Absolutely. blowing it out. All these things that are quote unquote, this word's coming up a lot, not natural. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's chemical altering, essentially. And like your hair never goes back to its natural. um, Yes. Or if it does, you would take like, you would have to shave everything off and like go years and years and years and years without doing a single thing to it. Yeah, like begin again. Right. As Purity Ring would say. Right. Um, Also consider that many black women began straightening their hair at a young age. So our Mm. parents generally got us in the chair. I think I started getting my hair straightened at six or seven. Um, But we started getting our hair straightened pretty young because the idea that Afro textured or dare I say, but I'm going to say it because this is how it was talked about in our households. Dare I say nappy hair is unattractive and and we really internalize that. Right. Well, well, we internalize that from such a young age. Because like even if if your moms believe it and you're a little girl... Your yeah. mom, your mom means everything to you. Your parents are the first people, the first caregivers, the first relationships you have that set the tone for your beliefs. 
Right. And if they think nappy hair is ugly or not good or not pretty, then of course it makes perfect sense why you would take that and and internalize it and believe in it and take it on for the rest of your life. Yeah. Also consider, I think I've said this on the show before on a different hair episode, but, um, excuse me, uh, straight hair like having your hair laid was also viewed as a sign of good parenting right in the black community yeah like mama took good care of you like she's yes. gonna make sure that you look well and that you're not you know because if you look quote unquote ratty or nappy what does that say about her right absolutely right yeah, yeah it was also a, a success marker mm-hmm, it's one thing sure. if mom's hair is laid it's a different thing if mom and daughter's hair is laid yeah. that means you got money and right. you can spend that money to make that hair look good right 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 fascinating so and and society has basically been telling us for decades that our natural texture is shameful and given the amount of shame that black women incur before we think about our hair uh why would we want to incur more shame just saying right uh however there is an upside the natural hair movement saw a resurgence in the 2000s thanks to celebrities like viola davis tracy ellis ross lupita nyong'o alicia keys erica badu ava duvernay terry mcmillan carrie washington marseille martin and zendaya i mean there are so many more but thanks to these ladies uh they made natural hair visible Mm-hmm. I will never forget when I saw Zendaya rocking locks on at the Oscars and I nearly fell off my chair. Like, wait, yeah. hold on. That's one of those events where white people are watching. Why is our hair not straight? Why? Right. Whoa. Like what's happening here? And just feeling like, damn, I will never like, this forget young girl. Oof, I will never it. forget when I watched Viola, Viola Davis, like years ago when the show first came out with how to away with how to get away with murder. I never forget this scene. She comes home from the office. I know the scene, yeah. She takes her wig off. She mm-hmm. takes her fall eyelashes, false eyelashes off. She takes her makeup off. It is. It was, like, even, even talking about it now, like, I get chills and I start to feel emotional and, and um, like, vulnerable because I am not a black woman. But seeing a black woman like that do that in front of camera – Mm -hmm. Um, for millions of people and to see her actually take everything off and look the way that she looked um i was shocked i had never seen that in anything before um you know uh, let alone seeing a black woman take her wig off like that is something you don't ever see unless you're in the house with her maybe yeah unless it comes off you know, like maybe like RuPaul's Drag Race, but those are men. Um, like, <laughs> I think what you mean is like in your inner circle, you don't see that if you're not in the inner circle. Yeah. And there was just something yeah. about that that was like, holy shit. Like she is a different woman, you know? Well, and like, and she's not at the same time. So it was just like, I, I never forget that. It, it is burned into my memory forever. Yeah. I mean, that's very much the double think that black people are constantly living every single day in beauty form yeah the the double think of what is my identity and what is my true self and what do these white people have to like think about me what will they think about me if my hair is if my hair looks natural let me just put on a wig because one of the the phrases in the black community is we relax our hair to make white people relaxed around us oh god 
so yeah like i i actually love that you brought up that scene because i kind of forgot about it and that's a really 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 well done incredibly visible example of a black yeah shout out to shonda like really honestly and truly we hail at the the altar of shonda yeah yeah um so a 2005 study found that many women are choosing to wear their hair in its natural state as a process of self-expression, self-definition, mm-hmm. and rejection of white beauty standards. So while a lot of black women are rocking their natural hair, it's also important to know, and I would be, be remiss to not mention, that they are still considered a, quote, minority within a minority. Mm-hmm. And often that natural hair is accepted a lot less at work. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily as praised within their own family structure, and it's deemed uh, less attractive to male counterparts. Mm-hmm. This was made no more evident than the millionaire matchmaker, Patty Stanger on Bravo. If anyone remembers that show, she was very much about all hair must be straight. I remember one time she was talking really? to a black contestant and she was like, you have to straighten your hair. No man wants to run his fingers through that. No one can get their fingers through that. And I remember being just like personally offended. And I was really young when I remember that show being on and it definitely shaped my, my and many other black women's views on our ability to be loved Jeez. and seen and accepted because our hair is not straight and therefore if a man or a woman or a, a non-binary individual cannot run their fingers through it, um, I guess that makes us unlovable. Right, right, And right, so right. all of that just brings me to today where the natural hair movement still going strong. Many black women who are living a more green and natural life are just chucking the deuces to chemical straighteners and um, social media and YouTube and things of that nature with that there being more education about how Mm -hmm. to deal with black hair with natural hair um there's just more ways to there's more education for us so we're less confused about our hair and feel more empowered right i also think this new generation is a lot more open and accepting in terms of exposure too um because they themselves you know um grew up watching grew up watching insecure for instance yep you know and like Issa ray is rocking her natural hair almost the entire time um you start to you start to be exposed to intimate scenes between black people and and you get to see that you know um her hair is what it is and like to, mm-hmm. to, to see that these people are just being human in front of your eyes and to be exposed to that as a young adult, um, I think is really important. So I do think the media, Hollywood, all these, like you said, um, all these people that you mentioned have, have had an impact, you know, watching Lupita go to the Oscars with an Afro, you know, like things like that, that like you, you would have never seen, like you mentioned. And I think having that education, that awareness and let alone the, the new technology and the poss- the ways we see things are so fast now. So it's like the more people are exposed to it, the more people will accept it in a way. Not that that it, yeah. it needs to be accepted or all that bullshit. But what I'm saying is that you got to start somewhere and there's still a long, 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 long way to go. But it, I think we're starting to see the seeds of that being planted. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's no secret that in media, whiter and straighter is viewed at as better. And so I can't help 
And because whiter and straighter are being viewed as better, the results of that is a really unhealthy relationship that black women have with our our hair and then by extension of that ourselves. Yeah, like I think the mental health is what it has on your the effect that has on your mental health and your perception and idea and your depth of your ability to even love yourself gets affected through all of this and so that is more of the question you know of how then can we as women as people as 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 an african-american fully learn to love ourselves and and not be affected by thousands of years of of conditioning you know and that yeah. is, that's really difficult well i've got a couple of answers for you great i think well first things first regarding your mental health i'm regarding mental health i'm really happy you brought that up because in my research for this show i was actually very much awestruck by how many blogs were devoted yeah, to i read tons natural hair and mental health and they were the, and they were like pretty they were calling people out like yeah they, they were absolutely. not holding back these women were not holding back yeah i i guess i had never thought that the, that those two subjects would be um uh uh the, the fodder for a lot of blogs yeah mm-hmm. but i was very happy to see that there are people in our community that are really making strides to talk about maintaining mental health, but also really loving our hair. Because guys, generally with Black women, our journey to loving our hair is very much aligned with our journey to love ourselves and which to love a, our complexion. Which is a lifelong journey, let me tell you. Yep. I mean, I'm, I can't speak about the hair, but I can speak about loving yourself, and that is a lifelong journey. You don't stop. You don't ever stop. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and, le- and far too often, growing up, we were fed negative messaging about our hair and complexion that definitely shapes how we interact with the world. I know right. for my darker complected friends, they often had to incur statements like, you're pretty for a black girl. Or, ooh, you have good hair. You're lucky because you got that dark skin. Right. Like that yeah. sort of shit. Or how about this that classic? with you. Uh, uh, yeah. Or how about consider this from very young, like when we start dating, it is not uncommon for black elders to say something like, don't bring home no dark skinned men. I don't want no nappy headed grandbabies. Yeah. We hear that very, very young in life. Or here's the other classic. Are you mixed? Your skin is black, but your hair ain't like the rest of us. Oh, I know. You got some Indian in you. Wow. We need to dead those sorts of statements. Yeah. Those statements are incredibly hurtful. We need to dead that shit. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah. So, how do we kill texturism? (laughs) Very long tangent. Obviously, you can tell that I have been very deeply affected by this. Is this Um, personal, Alana? Oh, just a little bit. Like, uh we did this episode because i feel like we need to kill fucking texturism it's awful it needs to go and i think the first thing that we have to remember and i'm now speaking to black women in my generation and up we have to remember that that kind of negative talk about hair and beauty 
is being heard by the younger generation. Mm. They are internalizing that messaging. Not only are they internalizing the messaging that they see on TV and on social media, they're also hearing our messaging yeah. in a place that for, for them sure. should be a safe place. Right. In a Absolutely. place that family, we should only be lifting up dark complexion and natural hair. Yes. I only. Mm-hmm. I think that for let's be real like i think my generation's a wash honestly like Mm -hmm. i think that my generation is so ingrained in their thoughts on good hair bad hair i don't know if there's much excuse me hope for us but i think that there is hope for a younger generation Mm -hmm. and pre-corona oh my god (laughs) i'm gonna try and talk through this um pre-corona I, if I, there's a thing called the hair stare that happens in black communities where when I would see a young teenage black girl, look at my straight hair, I would make it a point to go over to her and tell her that her hair is beautiful and that straight is not the only way. Mm. Oh my God. Um, and I think that that complimenting of young teenage girls needs to happen more within our community. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, oh my That's god beautiful. sorry no don't be sorry i think it's it is emotional when you are talking about things that have been part of your lives for so long things that affect every part of you things that you grew up with things that you watch things that you internalize things that you questioned and wondered and why and felt lost about and maybe are still lost and i think that's perfectly okay to be vulnerable and to you know be able to share to everyone your experience i think it's it's brave and it's bold and i think that you're doing exactly what needs to be done which is to to celebrate and to to then celebrate each other's differences in a way where it isn't detrimental or negative or bad you know yeah thank you for saying that i um i think that in saying all this i'm realizing that like my generation my parents generation the generation up we've all been brainwashed this is all what what this is this is all brainwashing ourselves to believe that our natural texture is not good enough and i think that we need to give the generation below us and below them a fighting chance right right compliment young black girls on their skin tone compliment them on their hair and quite honestly like i applaud a lot of the youth who are brave enough to wear their natural hair now because i was not brave enough when i was a teenager yeah um so yes i'm saying all to say compliments let's compliment our young let's just compliment our young girls not Mm -hmm. just black asian husband let's compliment the young teenage girls out there who y'all being a teenager is fucking hard it is and we've all been there and god let's just really compliment them and usher them into the next into their their later years because we were kind of fucked on that but we can change it for them Mm -hmm. that being said let's get rid of this fucking hair chart the hair chart is stupid it's helping no one it is creating division it's dumb oprah i love you but andre walker this hair chart is bullshit and it's creating division within our own community i say dead it mm-hmm. fuck 2b 2c 4c 3a it's all dead all hair is beautiful all hair in mm-hmm. any state mm-hmm. is worthy of being on the cover of a magazine Absolutely. is worthy 
it's just worthy of of love and appreciation yeah. mm-hmm. you said it and that's kind of all I got. Um, <laughs> I knew, I knew this was going to get emotional for you when you oh, first man. mentioned this topic. I was like, "Ooh, all right, oh. here we go. She's about I to." I have get- to tell you, I thank you, I thank you, and love you so much for just allowing me to have this yeah. conversation, sort of go on this tangent, which I'm sure so uh, many you've people heard me talk can about off air. It's just like we have to talk about it, and. Yeah. What better time than now in quarantine when people are sitting around and thinking? Let's like let's and maybe haven't haven't done anything much to their hair since everything happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe now is a great time to to really think about how you think about your hair. You not not just black people, but all of us. Like, why are we going to the salon? Why are we straightening? Why do we feel like we have to keep up with a certain standard of beauty? Mm -hmm. Like, let's all think about. Mm-hmm. how we think about our hair and what we think that says about us and let's dead any negative self-talk because yeah. it's a waste of time and it like is. we're all women we're all this black and yellow nation and y'all shit's fucked up and we gotta like turn it around and i think i think the future of the world is black and asian i mean i'm just saying i've always said that <laughs> i'm just saying i I'm, I'm mean totally unbiased opinions but i'm just well they you know, do say by oh, i just read it real quick i'm not these statistics like they stick and then they go they say that like by 2046 or 2050 that the that white people will become the minority Um, which is very fascinating and also really exciting, I think, because then, you know, we, it's pretty obvious that we'll actually, everyone will be on equal playing, um, terms for once in terms of like statistics or numbers or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which I think it is, is important, um, for people to actually see, like literally see with their eyes, like, Hey, we're here. And we're not leaving and there's only going to be more. So why don't we just all work together and make this world a better place for everyone? Yeah, this world's only getting yellower, blacker, browner, and gayer. So get with the program or get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like that's the path. That's the way. And accept it now. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you will be the minority and you you will suffer because it is difficult to live in a world where you know you you are the minority like we know um mm-hmm. so so yeah i just i do want to applaud you for just being so vulnerable and and being able to speak about this because i know you had to kind of had not you didn't excuse me you didn't kind of you had to face yourself and really look at why you brought up were brought up a certain way and then that extended into going into your your ancestors and your mother's um, beliefs and that that can be difficult and not many people want to go there. But I just want to thank you for really going there, putting your heart on the line, just being as honest as possible and vulnerable and recognizing where you lie in your journey of your hair. Um, And hopefully texturism can be out the window um, in a couple of years as we start to really embrace everybody's natural form and not look at people based on their hair or or pay people differently based on their hair you know because that is some fucked up shit to pay someone less because of their hair or to not let them inside a restroom because you know their their hair the comb won't go through their hair like that is just Mm -hmm. incredibly horrible um and a lot of horrible things have happened in our history so um we hope you guys really enjoy this if any of our black and yellow 
brothers and sisters can relate to this, please let us know how you feel. If you got emotional like Alana and me, if you got <laughs> angry, if you want to yell, if you want to rip your hair out, if you want to shave your head. I shaved my head in the beginning of 2020. It felt Yes, great. you did. I, I took a buzzard and I shaved the sides and it was so, so just cathartic. I donated like 14 inches of my hair my hair is it's it's still pretty short but I'm loving it it's if I feel free and I'm just you know I'm just right there with you guys all whatever choice you decide um but let's all celebrate each other celebrate each other's differences and you know continue to spread the love so I I bet Christian's gonna love editing this episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shout out to christian our producer at zeitheist we're yep, also, that's our show guys yep, exactly <laughs> we're also on the black and yellow we're also the black and yellow podcast on instagram i am jacqueline chung young on the gram i am lana webster at renegade of fun on the gram also if you uh, have any thoughts or feelings or if you want to be featured in our small business section put your money where your mouth is email us at podcast black and yellow at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh feel free to subscribe to the show rate and review and tell a friend pass it on keep the love going let's like keep building up this nation of ours because it's beautiful and uh we'll be back next week bye guys Bye!